no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we break down the Bears' 49-29 defeat to the Dallas Cowboys and much, much more. Ada, that offense started to percolate a little bit, but that defense, son, that goddamn defense, bro. Man, we ain't played any defense out there, man. <laughs> but that, that damn defense we saw yesterday, that was some dollar store uh, defense, bro. I'm like, what the hell are we doing out here? What we doing, Ada? What we doing, bro? Man, bro, look ugly, man. I'm like, are we still worried about Robert Quinn or what, man? Listen, you already know what I told the audience on the last episode about Robert Quinn, and I told people, Robert Quinn sets the edge. Yep. Where was Tony Pollard gashing that defense? Off tackle. That's the thing. It's like I know that people didn't like the sack production or their lack of, but Robert yeah. Quinn was key to that run defense. And the run defense, obviously we know the run defense has left some things to be desired this season. But when you got a veteran like Robert Quinn in the mix, those things matter, bro. You know what I'm saying? It matters. And we saw a defense out there that did not have a chance. And I tell you, I was there in that stadium. Bears Nation, we showed up. We showed out. That stadium was loud. I don't know how it sounded on TV, A-Dub, but I know we <laughs> was in that building and we was letting them know, hey, Bears, Bears Nation is here. But our team, especially that defense, man, they didn't give us a lot of reasons to be over there with our chest poked out. We was trying, y'all. We was trying. <laughs> I heard y'all a little bit trying, friends. I mean, I tell you that second quarter, man, y'all like y'all was getting something going, man, the fan base. So you can hear the cheers out there. I felt pretty good about that, though. Yeah, we was everywhere, man. And the Cowboy fans that was around us in our section, they was cool, man. I, I, I got to give a shout out to them. And they were, they, were some, they were some good guys, except for this one idiot behind me. When Emmett Smith was uh, introduced to the audience and they put up on the graphic that, you know, all-time, you know, Russian leader and shit. You know, your boy yeah. Prez had to say a little something-something. And I said, oh, man, that's dope. I said, man, salute to Emmett, the second greatest running back in NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> At the walls of fame, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. And you don't say, oh, boy, behind me. Boy, he kept trying to, he kept trying to talk to me. I was like, sir, I was like, I am not going to turn around and engage you. I said, I'm looking forward. I don't look behind me. I said, so whatever you saying, bro, I'm not going to turn around and address you. I don't respect what you're saying. Like, right. dude, I was just letting him have it, bro. I was like, I was like, listen, I keep hearing something behind me, but I ain't going to turn around and recognize it. I was like, because I don't see you. I said, right. I don't see you, so I can't <laughs> talk to you. But he got, he got a little toast, a little taste of prayers to see what you about, baby. And I like how you responded to him, too. Yeah, you should have heard that. Even the Cowboy fans around him was like, bro, you better leave him alone. He eating you up. He ain't even look. He ain't even giving you respect to look at your, your face. <laughs> And then my last part in shot for him, A-Dub, was I was like, man, I ain't about to be arguing to somebody that never played the sport. I'm like, you, bro, you watching this game and it's cute. You ain't never played the sport, bro. So don't talk to me about no damn greatest running back of all time. Anybody that turn on the tape and see Walter Payton, or if you just look at the highlights of him. Right. Bro, we, you already know. You can't tell me Emmitt Smith was better than some damn Walter Payton. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Walter Payton ran behind some awful offensive lines. Walter Payton was in offensive systems. Where damn defenses knew is either going to be Walter Payton running left or Walter Payton running right. And they still couldn't stop. 
Emmitt Smith ran behind offensive linemen that Emmitt didn't get touched for the first eight to ten yards of his rushing attempts. <laughs> he played with Troy Aikman. He played with motherfucking Michael Irvin, the playmaker. Get out of here, man. I was like, bro. And that's the thing. When I kept hitting him with that ether, and I was like, you know what? I don't even know why I'm even talking to you, sir. I was, and I, and I, I never turned around and looked at this man in his face. <laughs> hey, don't you call Ethan for real, bro, and giving them them gut checks right there, bro. He couldn't handle it. He could not handle gut, it. Giving them gut checks. He's talking to the back of my damn head. I'm like, get out of here, sir. <laughs> he wasn't ready. No, but you know what, though? The Cowboys are ready, A-Dub, as we, as we talked about it. Justin Fields, bro. We, we On the last episode, audience, we was letting y'all know this guy's starting to round the corner. And that game yesterday, this guy's looking more and more like a star to me, bro. He's looking like that guy that we were promised. You know what I mean? And Justin, bro, he's looking like the best quarterback in that 2021 draft. And I know a lot of people, when that draft happened, everybody thought Trevor Lawrence was better. They even thought that Zach Wilson was better. Now, you look at them damn results. You look at them 2021 quarterbacks and the way they played yesterday, Justin Fields played the best out of all of them, bro. And this is what you like to see when you talk about Justin Fields, bro. We have seen the progress. I mean, now we're starting to see some consistency now, bro, especially these last couple of games. It's like this is what we want to see on a daily basis going forward. If he can continue to do what he's doing right now, Chris, that's putting the Bears in a good spot right there. And I got to say, man, Justin Fields, you starting to come. You and Luke Gessy, cool and Luke starting to figure some great things out, even with the minimal weapons you have around you. Just imagine when Justin Fields does get the weapons, bro. This is going to be awesome, man. I like what I'm saying. When it comes to Ryan Poles, A-Dub, I think a lot of people are just upset because we all see that, man, Justin Fields is making things happen with not a lot of help around him and support his cast isn't there yet. And he's right. still making plays. It's only a matter of time, A-Dub, before we start seeing Justin Fields leading the office that's running it up on people like Tua is doing down there in Miami. Because this is my right. thing. Nobody had no good words for Tua, but then now what? He got, he got motherfucking Cheetah. He got Jalen Waddle, who's out in his second year. Boy, that offense over there, you can't tell the Miami Dolphins shit. No, you can't. And, and that's the what's about for us. When you start to see good quarterbacks have better players around them, they play even better. So if Justin Fields had that same type of weapons around him, of course he'd be far better than what he is right now. But people don't look at that part of the game. No, they don't look at that part of the game. But I'm, I, So this is my thing. Obviously, we got blown out by 20. Yep. And to be, to be honest with you, A-Dub, when I, left that, when I left that stadium yesterday, I didn't leave the stadium frustrated. I didn't, leave this shit, I didn't leave that shit pissed off. For the matter of fact, first reason, them tickets was too damn expensive for me to be having a bad damn day. Secondly, <laughs> <laughs> but, but secondly, A-Dub, though, in all seriousness, Justin Fields, man, and just seeing the way he performed, yeah, the way that he performed under pressure, the way that Khalil Herbert was running that football out there. The Cowboys' defense knew the run was coming. Our Bears' offense still was able to run, and not just run, but run effectively, A-Dub. And now we had another game. We had over 200 rushing yards. For this rushing offense, man, it's continuing to show people that even if you know what's coming, you can't stop it. Okay, you and I have been talking about that, that uh, triple threat right there. <laughs> Justin Fields, Herbert, and your boy Montgomery, man. They are coming for you. So, like I said, man, it's just, for me, I was proud of Justin. I'm tired of him taking so many hits. Your boy Money Moon talked about it after the game and said, hey, you know, he wants him to go out of bounds sometimes that he knows he's a tough dude, but he's tired of seeing them take those hits. Justin even admitted, bro, that he's a little banged up. He's hoping that, you know, having a full week off will kind of get him back after they're being able to go all out. 
because he said that he wasn't able to go all out. Yeah, and the thing is, you do worry about the kid long term. You and I talked a lot about this, you know, on the previous show as well, Perez, about him in general taking all those hits. That it will start to add up. You mentioned about the shoulder and everything. Like, yeah, man, too much punishment going to kids. So I do like the, you know, some of the scramble runs he have to do regardless. I do like some of the play calling, but you're right, kid. You got to get out of bounds, man. We'd rather have you safe than sorry, man, because you never know when those hits could be the end of it of the season. So, right, I am tired of seeing my man taking too many hits. Yeah, he's been taking a beating, man. And He's been sacked a shit ton this season. He's the yep. most pressure quarterback in the NFL. We know pass protection here in Chicago just has been a it's just been an epic fail, bro. I mean, as as good as our offensive line has done with clearing the holes for these running backs and also for Justin, when it comes to pass pro, they have not gotten the job done. And like I said, this is an indictment on Ryan Poles because this is the offensive line that we trotted out there. And this, I mean, and this ain't just about the injuries because even before we had the injuries, this offensive line still was getting this quarterback hit a lot. So I know people are saying, well, Perez, you know, you've been telling us to be patient when it comes to Ryan Post. Yes, I am being patient. We saw the news that came out today where he traded Roquan Smith. And ain't up, I was going to get on this show before that even happened and said, Roquan has such an up and down year. I was like, I was wondering, I'm like, are they going to try to trade him? And they no, Ryan Poles jumped right on there. It was like, no, he said, we, we get them out of here. And I <laughs> wanted to get your thoughts though, A dub on the trade and kind of what your initial, yeah, what was kind of your initial reaction when, when you saw the news come over that they traded them? First thing that crossed my mind, Press, it took me back to the Cubs. <laughs> when we traded, you know, we traded um, um, you know, Rizzo, we traded Chris Bryant. I was like, here we go. Is this Cubs 2.0 over here? I get it. I understand why. You know, you got some young players you want to build up with. You want to build through the draft. So you pretty much are going to share some of these guys who are making a lot of money, some guys who are trying to get paid and all that stuff. And those who are also the veterans that are making money on the books. So I felt like Robert Quinn, um, of course, Roquan Smith as well. It's like, man, these guys are probably going to possibly get traded. I think your reaction was similar to a lot of people in Chicago, A-Dub, especially Cub fans that saw what Theo and Jed did with that core. Yeah. And now, you know, another week has gone by and we've lost another guy from the defense, right? Last week, we just got through talking about Robert Quinn not being here. Roquan broke down and had, you know, emotion towards that. We talked about that on the show. And then now, Roquan's no longer here. Right. And I wonder, A-Dub, my initial reaction was, what does this do to the locker room? I know the fan base wasn't all that enthused with, with Roquan getting traded, even though people understood it, because right. I understood the move, right? If, yeah. if you're not going to pay this man $100 million, you're not going to lose him for nothing, right? And we saw right. the way things were going this summer. When Roquan requested that trade, he kind of, like, set the stage that he wasn't really fucking with Ryan Poles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the way that That's he true. did things, you knew that that relationship was kind of frayed. You did know, man. You like, okay, it's a little fracture here, even though Rock Roquan want to move forward a little bit, but still, you know, it's gonna be a problem. He's gonna go out there and play football, but you know something's gonna be a little off. And to your point, Perez, hey, look, you're not gonna pay the guy that money you're looking to pay him. You gotta do him. Hey, the the thing that we're seeing with Ryan Poles is he operates from an unemotional standpoint. He does not have a lot of ties to a lot of people on his roster, except for his current draft class. Right. So for him, when he's making these moves, he did draft Roquan Smith. Nope. I'm sure he respected Roquan Smith, and he thinks Roquan Smith's a hell of a player. But at the end of the day, when he made the decision not to make Roquan Smith the highest-paid linebacker in the game, you knew that this was going to happen. The writing was on the wall. Yeah. 
And the good thing is he sent them to a good place to go. You know, you over the Baltimore Ravens, that's a good team. It's not like Ryan Poe's done really bad by these guys, right? It's like, hey, you in a good spot still, man. So make the most of your opportunity over there with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and, and okay, when you look at the haul that we got back, you get A.J. Klein back in the trade, a second and fifth round draft pick. Yeah. So I thought, hey, they got a really good return for the trade. Like I said, it's better than losing them for nothing. Like right. in the past, think about all the guys that we've seen leave in the past, and we got nothing for them. Ryan Poles isn't going to do that. He's going to try to figure out these situations and try to get the most in return. And that's what we see with the Quinn deal, with this one, even when he traded away Khalil Mack. It you got to give Ryan Poles a lot of credit for that because now you're thinking about the draft that's coming up in 2023, Bridge. You're talking about, what, nine picks, a first-rounder, two second-rounders, you know, a third-rounder, two fourth-rounders, a couple of fifth-rounders, and a seventh-rounder. It's like, hey, you in a good shape there. And you know Ryan Poles is showing a, a good deal of, of drafting some good people. So it's like, look, this is not a bad idea, man. So for me, it's bittersweet. I like Roquan Smith. I have a special place in my heart, man, because I love what the guy has contributed. But at the end of the day, man, it's a business, and it's not a shocking move at all. But it puts the Bears in a good position going forward. No, it really is. And like I said, man, salute to Roquan Smith. Hey, that was one of the draft picks, draft picks A-Dub that Ryan Pace had that panned out. So in one instance, it's bittersweet to see that the guy's not going to stay here. But on the other end of the spectrum, if they didn't see him in the long-term plans, you know, you got to cut bait, and that's what they did. They had to do what they had to do, Perez. It's not a shocking move at all. It wasn't. Like I said, it's been an up-and-down season for him. We obviously could probably tell. Like, I don't know, Roquan never spoke to him. But we could tell that potentially he might have been a little distracted by some of the things that were going on off the off the field. He had to be, Perez, because I only seen a couple of good games out of him. You saw it against the Texans. We saw it also against New England. But the rest of the season so far, he hasn't looked well. But that's the point you look at. You think about Roquan Smith. You give him credit for the, the couple games he played that led to wins at that. So you can always be grateful for that reason. We also can be grateful for the fact that he's a good player. He's uh, been a good leader in the organization. You will not talk a lot about it. We saw how the players looked at him when, in fact, he did that hold in. They were like, hey, we can use this guy. We can use him out on the field. So all those things about him as a player, you do enjoy, you respect. But at the end of the day, man, we got to move forward. And one thing, too, A-Dub, which is, is, is a point that I think a lot of people in the fan base are starting to feel with Roquan is they were feeling that, hey, he wasn't getting it done out there on the field where it matters, right? Right. We, we've seen Mac go on Twitter and say that a lot of Roquan Smith's statistics were empty calories. A lot of people in the fan base were starting to say that his plays weren't as impactful right. as you would want a guy that you're going to pay that kind of money to. And with the way that the NFL is built in today's game, you win this game in the trenches, and I that's think that that's where the book. The I think that's where the Bears are going to spend their money in the offseason. They do. They got the money. <laughs> they have the cap right to do some things with. So that's what you want to see. You, the Bears put themselves in that kind of situation. But people were talking about Roquan this loss for us. I don't even disagree with that because to your to their point, they can actually see. And you look at how the season went for Roquan. Definitely was not the best. No, it wasn't. But to the point that you made. They moved him to a really good situation there in Baltimore. And I can't wait to see him and Patrick Queen play together. Boy, that's going to be a hell of a tandem there. And we also know that the Ravens wouldn't have gave up all those players. I mean, they wouldn't have given up all that, uh, all those picks if they weren't planning on extending Roquan. So I'm sure that they're going to announce that deal probably in the offseason. I got no you know, no issues with all, all that has happened for him. Uh, I wish him the best, of course, for as you and I talked about. But it is what it is. He should be able to thrive, hopefully, in that type of environment. 
it's just kind of crazy that just yesterday when the media was talking to Roquan after the game and he was speaking about how embarrassing the he was speaking about how embarrassing the performance was and said they need to be more consistent. And the next day, my man's up out of here, boy. Out of here. <laughs> All I got to say on that part is, friends, I hope he meant himself when he said about being more consistent, you know. But you're right. He was out of there quick in a hurry, man, on his way out of here, man, to Baltimore. I wonder if anybody else is is uh is is next because Ryan Pole seems to be on a mission. Like who man, who else are they looking to trade? Montgomery? Who else? Woo, we you know what, Prince? It this Montgomery is not safe. You and I have been watching Khalil Herbert in general. You not talked a lot about Khalil Herbert last season, Prince, but Khalil Herbert's been playing very well, Prince. It would not shock me if the Bears decided to move on from Montgomery. And again, I know he's your boy. He's my boy as well. I like David. I like this tandem here. But man, it would not shock if Brian Poe's like, look, I get some us in the draft too. And <laughs> decide to move on from Montgomery. I mean, listen, it, it, it can happen. Potentially Eddie Jackson, you know. I, and obviously, audience, I'm not sitting over here saying that I want the Bears to trade fucking David Montgomery. I'm just saying, listen, this man Ryan Poe's has things in his mind. And if he identifies as a guy that he doesn't see the long-term potential for this team, he's not going to have emotions about it. That's all I'm trying to say. And anybody with eyes can see that Khalil Herbert is the future at that running back position. I know all this. Trust me. He doesn't do all the things that David Montgomery does. We know that David Montgomery is great in blitz pickup. We know that David Montgomery is fucking tough as nails. We know all these things. True. But I'm just trying to tell y'all, man, Khalil Herbert and the way he runs that football – He's made David Montgomery a little expendable. Just, just my honest opinion. You guys know that the running back position has been devalued. Look what Dallas did yesterday. Zeke Elliott was out of the ball game. They put Tony Pollard in there. They didn't miss a beat. Not at all. He missed nothing with Pollard. He did his thing. But to your point, you're right about that, man. These running backs are not used the way they were used years ago. They are expendable. And you can think about this entire team here, looking at the Bears in general. You hit on the head about Eddie Jackson, bro. Eddie Jackson value is probably the highest it's been in a quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> and it wouldn't shock me for Brian Post looking like, hey, man, this guy put like a pro voter. Maybe it's the right time now to think about trading him if I want to trade him. You never know. Like I said, any of the guys on this team that are high salary guys, hey, potentially Ryan Post could be looking at them right now like, all right, what can I get for this guy? What can I get? <laughs> but, you know, anyway, let's get to this matchup itself. But, hey, I wish Roquan nothing but the best. You know, and salute to him for his time here. But like we just mentioned, Ryan Poles obviously has a lot of things that he sees for this team long term. And he came here to clear the deck, right? And he's clearing it too, for us. He's trying mm -hmm. to do what he had to do, man. And I, I will say this. We on the right track. We move in the right direction. I just don't want him to trade fucking Tevin Jenkins. Leave Tevin alone, Ryan. Leave him alone. Because this kid's also playing his ass off right now. He's the best offensive lineman on this damn team. I would be disappointed if he traded Tevin Jenkins, man, because I do like the fact that, man, that man has changed positions that you and I talked about, and he's doing good at that guard spot, man. Don't, don't let the guy go. Let's keep him around post. Please, man, I'm begging you, bro. <laughs> so, A-Dub, I got to ask you a question. I'm, I'm curious to know your, your, your thoughts on this. This is something I was thinking about yesterday. So, obviously, we're seeing the emergence of Khalil Herbert. Do you think the Khalil Herbert should be getting the bulk of the carries going forward? If David Montgomery doesn't get traded, I think so, Prince. <laughs> I really do. I really like the fact that both of them are getting their carries in 15, 16 split between them. It should be split between both of those guys because they give you something different. 
I do like them both. But I'll tell you, man, if I look at the last couple games, I'll tell you Khalil Herbert has been looking much sharper than Montgomery. And if that's the case, you got to go with the guy that's giving you the most. And I think that's been Khalil Herbert. Yeah, and I would just say this, man. I mean, if you look at the numbers, Khalil Herbert's been outgaining him pretty much every week, right? Yeah. And he's the more explosive back. I mean, when you see those big runs, it's Khalil Herbert are ripping those things off. And the vision. I mean, do he runs with a great pad level. He sees the hole. He hits the hole. And I think a guy like that can really jumpstart this offense. You know, I mean, we, we saw glimpses, right? But yep. I think going forward, I think that maybe Khalil Herbert should probably start to see more of a lion's share of the carries, man. He just might, man. And I do like when he gets to the edge, man, because that guy, when we turn that corner press, he gone, bro. <laughs> and so I've been like what I've been seeing from uh, Khalil Herbert. I just wanted to continue. It's not like I'm calling for David Montgomery to be benched or anything like that because, listen, he's a hard runner. He gets shit done. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying right now, Khalil Herbert, man, that's the hot hand. You want to ride that hot hand. Yeah. A couple takeaways that I have from this game, in addition to what Justin Fields was able to get done and also the thing that I just mentioned to you about Khalil Herbert. I was looking at these wide receivers on this team, right? And I said, okay, Darnell Mooney, you know, going into the season, everybody was wondering if he could be the wide receiver one. We still don't know what's going to happen there. But then I was looking at Nikhil Harry in the game yesterday. Liked what I saw from him, right? When he scored his first touchdown, A-Dub. Yeah. So now when I'm looking at the wide receivers, I am really going to be looking at these two guys to be our top receivers for the rest of the season and to see if we can build upon that going into next year with those guys. I'm glad you brought it up, Perez. You talk about Nikhil Harry and Darnell Mooney, because you know that Mooney, Money Moon needs some help. We both know that already. But to see Nikhil Harry, I'm like, this guy needs to get more snaps out there, man, because this dude is showing us what he's capable of doing. Even when he got that touchdown, I said, man, that right there, that's been missing most of this season. We talk about wide receivers. We saw some other guys in the game, what they did. They dropped some catches, you know. But I'm like, Nikhil Harry can be something different that you and I talked about, Press. He can be that boost because so much pressure is going at Money Moon that, hey, these they're, they're loading up on that guy. You got to have somebody else. And Nikhil Harry looks to be someone that can be a target for Justin Fields. I just want to see him out there on that field more often. Like I said, man, Darnell Mooney, I don't know if the bank is necessarily open yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we trending in the right direction. They did. We trending in the right direction, right? Money Moon is, is consistently now getting about four or five catches a game. The yard is just starting to get there a little bit, right? Right. But we ain't getting him in the end zone, man. I need to see him get in that end zone, A-Dub. We do, man. I can't wait to get in the end zone, man. Because I'm telling you, Press, I am ready to open this bank up, baby. I'm ready to cut the lights <laughs> on, man. I'm ready. Because <laughs> right now, you just sitting in the, you sitting in a dark-ass building right now, A-Dub. <laughs> exactly. Me and security, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and me and me just driving by us, wagging wagging my figure at y'all like, nah, not today, nope. not today. <laughs> <laughs> I think though, Mooney and and, and Nikhil Harry, I think they got some potential to be some really good playmakers in this offensive scheme and this system. And I'm looking forward to potentially seeing Luke Getty take the training wheels off, man. Let Justin Fields loose a little bit. You know, that'd be really yeah. good to see. Absolutely, Perez. And once you really get those training wheels off of Justin Fields, we'll probably see more, you know. And the good thing is I'm starting to see some things working out well between, you know, uh, Justin Fields and Money Moon, the position they put in, the routes they have in Money Moon run, 
it started to help a little bit because now just the fields can really see them, right? You know, but it's been tough for most of the season because we already talked about some of these play callers that were of question, you know, early on. But you're starting to see now that we're going into a different direction and we're getting certain players involved. And I love to see Money Moon involved in the office a lot more. I can't wait to say really getting the Q Harry more involved too. Exactly. And we were just talking, you know, I was just talking about Lugetti a second ago, A-Dub. And I guess one of the things that I was really impressed about with him yesterday was just seeing how his scheme, A-Dub, is transcending the people on that on the field, right? Because we were all nervous about what that offensive line was going to look like. We saw that Luke, uh, we saw that Larry Borum was going to miss the game with the concussion. We yeah. obviously know that Lucas Patrick is going on IR. That offensive line is, is patchwork. But I wanted to give Lugetti credit because I thought that the game plan that he had and the game that he called against the Cowboys was a pretty good damn game plan considering you got all these reserves on your offensive line. You know what? Cool here, Luke did a pretty good job, Chris. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie to you, man. That's what we gotta give it to him, though. It was a tough environment to go into. He did not abandon the run press. He did what was working. He stuck with it. And it paid dividends, too. I mean, we got 29 points out of it, bro. And we got back in the game in that second half quarter. So it's like, cool here, Luke was on to something, man. It's just that a couple more plays, probably got us to the hump, and some, of course, some defensive stops would have helped as well. Just imagine, though, what he'll be able to do when they get some resources next offseason. You know what I'm saying? This upcoming offseason, they do. When Ryan Poles gets some some people there on that offensive line and some weapons. Oh, man. I, th- I honestly, they do. We're going to see this thing really take off. Really take off. I just hope that, you know, uh, Ryan Poles don't screw it up. I, I, so far, I've seen some good things out of him. I just hope it doesn't happen next season. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see here, man. We'll definitely see here. Well, let's get into a couple things here. So, obviously, you and I, we had a lot of keys to, to victory that we put out here. And I think that a lot of the things that you and I talked about went in the Bears' favor. Because one of the things that I said going into this game was, you cannot turn over that football against this Dallas Cowboys defense. And what right. do we do, a Turned it over, man. Turned it over. I mean... <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, man. With Montgomery fumbled that football, Ugh. that hurt, bro. That hurt. And not only that, but then our boy Justin had the opportunity to, to, to tag Michael Parsons down. And what we do? Didn't do it. Michael Parsons gets up, was like, oh shit, let me go ahead and run in here and get in this end zone. And what did I tell y'all about Michael Parsons? I told y'all this guy is a disruptor. He's all like the bag of chips, bro. I ain't gonna even lie. I'm gonna get a man his props. But he was a game changer out there, man. And when he's out there, a lot of great things happen. And I'll tell you that second half, man, they done their thing. And I got to give it to the Dallas Cowboys defense because they did show up and show out in that second half and make things pretty much tough for Justin Fields in a way. So, and it all started with Michael Parsons. And like I said, man, I just thought that we played very undisciplined football, A-Dub. And when you're playing a team like the Cowboys, you can't give up all them big plays. You know what I mean? I right. feel like consistently, man, those receivers from the Cowboys were wide open. And that fucking first half, I'm like, is somebody going to cover C.D. Lamb? What are we doing? <laughs> it, it, and I get it, right? Some of those guys were just that good. I mean, C.D. Lamb, you got guys making some plays out there. And I'm looking at, you know, uh, Vildor like, man, dude, can, can you keep up with somebody right now, bro? Because they doing their thing against us. Where you at, man? Where you at? They looking to target you now. They want to expose you. You got to be able to be, play better than that. But they got whatever they wanted out there, man. Well, I will say this now. Vildor's played solid this season, but I will agree with you, A-Dub. You knew in their game plan. They were like, no, nah, we're going to pick on him in this game. 
Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's a good learning for him. So this season so far, we talk about offense-wise Vikings, but this Dallas team brought a different level to it. They just came hunting, and they just went where they thought it would possibly work. And it just says, it just felt like Vildor was just a little bit of a step behind on some of that. But at the end of the day, Press, I thought it was more of a learning for him than anything else. Yeah, I just think for me, uh, I just didn't like how undisciplined we were. We gave the football away. Yeah. That play by Justin, that hurt. Man, you got to use the fundamentals of the game. They got to be there, right? You got to make that play. And I, I honestly, when I saw that, I was like, that's the story of the game. I mean, honestly, A-Dub, when that happened, I just looked away. I, was, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even say shit. I'm sitting there like, what are we doing? Not only do we fumble the ball, but we don't touch the guy down? Yeah. What is that? that? What is that shit? <laughs> and that was the killer right there. I was like, oh, man, now this game, thought we had a shot. Don't like we got a chance now. When this guy going back, getting a touchdown, Michael Parsons. It, 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 that's something you write about, talking about discipline. They should know that. And the Bears dropped the ball and it came down to that particular play. The other thing I talked about is our defensive efficiency. I was really happy what I saw after that Patriots game made up, but the game plan and the game against the Cowboys, we just is not we did not see that same Bears defense. They weren't firing on all cylinders. They were flat. It was a bad performance. They all knew that. Then they all know that the standard is to play better. One of the things that you and I talk about all the time are the adjustments that we see Coach Williams make with this team coming out of the half. Their award doing adjustment press, and that was the one thing I thought we was able to do. We were down 11. I'm like, okay, we got a shot here going to the second half. Okay, I know Allen Williams is going to make some good adjustments. That's why I was banking on press. The adjustments did not quite happen that way. And it came back to bite you right there. So I just think that going forward, hopefully, that we decide to do a better job when it comes down to making adjustments. I know that's not been the, uh, the killer for us thus far this season, but it definitely did hurt in this game against Dallas. I'm just hoping now we had a bounce back game to where Allen Williams can make some adjustments going forward, especially against Miami because they're coming in hot too. Oh, yeah. And we definitely going to get into that a little bit later in the show and also in our preview show because, yeah, man, that's that's a red-hot offense right there. But I guess another thing that disappointed me, and I talked about this on the preview show, was the fact that our pass rush was going to have to get there on Dak. Really sacked him one time, bro. Man, I'm so ticked off, Press, about that. Because you're right, it wasn't a lot of pressure on Dak. No. And then you, then you see Dak out there taking off. Then you see him actually go through a quarterback sneak, and then he rushed for like 20-some yards off that. I'm like, where the hell is this off this defense at? Because we're letting too much stuff happen that we really haven't ha allowed happen pretty much most of this season, Perez. So I really felt like this defense really let the Bears down, man. And um, I, I was just a little bit disappointed. I'm not going to lie to you, man, because 49 points is a lot of points, bro, to be giving up to any offense. We dropped the ball there, bro. Got to be better. Yeah, I hope so too, A-Dub. I think the other thing too is that every time the Cowboys got inside the red zone yesterday, they scored touchdowns. Right. Can't have that. Can't have that, man. We got to have that red zone efficiency. And we didn't have that in this game. The Cowboys scored at will on us, bro. It's, it, the thing is, they scored at will in both departments, in the passing game and the running game that you're referring to, Perez. And that's what really was killing me. I'm like, man, we can't give up both, man. Like, okay, I get one. Okay, I'll give you one, Perez. It happens, right? But, man, when you're getting torched in both areas and these guys scoring from the running and also scoring the passing, that just really put a lot of pressure on your um, defense, and it just hurts, man. You're asking your offense to make up a lot of ground, and I think we're asking too much out of Justin Fields and his offense to do so much because the defense didn't get nothing done. No, not a goddamn thing, duh. And when's the last time that we could sit up here and say that our offense carried the defense here in Chicago? <laughs> That's been a while, bro. I mean, alone. I mean, I can't even recall the last time, bro. I'm not even out of you. 
I can't recall. But guess what? That's what happened in that game yesterday. That offense actually looked like an NFL offense, and it kept us in the game. I mean, the game was 28 to 23 at some point, and I'm I, at one point. And I'm not going to sit up here, audience, and sit over here and try to sell y'all a, a bill of goods over here because we knew, hey, that game was, was some bullshit. But what I'm saying is the offense stayed in it. They did not give up. Now, when Eddie Jackson made that pick on that play to Dak through that, and I don't know if you know why Dallas even threw the ball in that situation. What the hell were they thinking? What you doing? <laughs> no, they, was up, they was up 28 to 10 at that point, A dub, I believe. And I, I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we passing the ball here? Dallas, what you doing? Eddie Jackson picks that thing off. And in that situation, the one thing that I was upset with the Bears offense about was how we didn't get a touchdown there. When you get the ball that close, yeah. come on, you got to punch that bitch in. You got to, man. You got to punch it in. And I think at that point, I believe uh, your boy, Justin Fields, made some pretty good throws to the end zone, I think, on that dry press. And the guys didn't catch it, right? And I'm like, man, you got to catch that ball. I think it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I thought it was um, Pettis that uh, St. Brown and Pettis, he targeted both of those two individuals. And they both kind of like dropped the pass in a way. I know there's a defense there, but I'm like, man, you guys, one of you guys got to pull that out, man. They got to get that one, that ball like that, man, when it's in the air. So it just sucks to not even get the seven points that you mentioned. We get we end up something for three. That's not enough, man. You got to go out there and get a touchdown when you're in that kind of situation. You got the momentum. Yeah, and there was another play too where uh, Justin had a shot to Velas Jones, where Velas didn't make the play. You know, right? So there was some there was some situations out there, man, where I feel like they left some points on the field. Yeah, some chances too, Bryce. To, to, like you said, to tackle on more, it just did not work out, man. And that's when you really saw. If anyone didn't see any of the other Bears games, this is when you really see that, you know what, we definitely need to get Justin Fields more weapons. If you didn't think they ain't needed it before, you definitely know now. <laughs> Goddamn right. And, and, I mean, we're sitting over here seeing a Bears offense where they're running the ball dominantly. Not just running yeah. the ball well, but dominantly, A-Dub. I mean, we've already talked about that, right? Now this right? is, what, the third straight game where they've rushed for over 200 yards? That's impressive. Very I mean, they ain't done nothing like that probably since the 60s. I don't, even, I don't know the stat on it, but I'm sure it's been a while. <laughs> right. You're right. I love the run game. We're doing very good in that department, man. It's just that other areas got to improve it, match that intensity that the run game has given us. Yep. And David Montgomery, man, don't fumble the football. Come on, man. You better yeah. than that. Better than that. I'm just like, man, we, I, like I said, A-Dub, we're just not good enough, man, to turn the ball over. And you just can't have that. You can't have that. But one other thing that I feel like we haven't talked about, Cole Komet, man, scored his first touchdown, bro, since 2020. <laughs> Cole, I see you, baby. I see you out there, man. It was good to see him in that passing game, Perez, you know, because, you know, he's been doing spend a lot of time blocking, right? And uh, we, you and I talk a lot about that. But right. it's good to see him get to become a target, right, in that end zone. Because I was like, man, a guy like him can definitely use that on his belt. Hope that's a good sign to see that he's becoming part of the offense. But it's been a tough um, year for him, man. And I was just glad that he was able to get a touchdown. Yeah, man, shit, man. Like, he needs to get out of that quarantine. That's the first touchdown since the quarantine. Come on, Cole. Where you at, baby? Keep it coming, man. Keep it coming. Yes, sir. We're going to see more of that, man. Get yourself involved, baby. One more thing about the defense that I want to get into, Adel, before we give out some game balls, because I do want to keep things positive. You know, we, we also want to make sure that we are objective about what we saw out there. But I do always want to point out something from this game that really bothered me, man. Really bothered me. I looked at the scoreboard at one point in the game and it showed the Dallas Cowboys third down stats. They hit eight of, they had converted on 82% of their third downs. 
in that game. They only punted twice. For the Bears and our fans, we pride ourselves on defense. When I saw those numbers, I'm like, there's no pride in that. We're better than that. Because the thing is, you want to see Dallas get to third down because you got a shot at them. But to see them go 9 for 11, bro, that's ridiculous. That is too much you're giving up as a defense. You got to stop some of that, man. Make these guys get the fourth down and punt that, baby. We didn't do a good job. And that hurts, man. Just seeing our Bears let those kind of opportunities slip away, bro. Listen, man, 42 points they gave up, unacceptable. Then you add on the seven points from the Michael Parsons play where we just gift wrapped another fucking touchdown. I mean, they almost put up a 50 burger on us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tough to see us put, give those guys that many points, man. That is definitely some terrible defense being played when you give up that much points to any offense. So the Bears got to really think about it. This should hopefully humble them press, but that is too many damn points, bro. Too many. No, and they, they had Tony Pollard out there looking like motherfucking Emmitt Smith. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> what we doing? Just because we lose Robert Quinn, now we forget how to stop the run? Even more so that we was having struggles with that shit? Right. What we doing? I swear, come on, man. We can't let all this happen. The celebration going all through this game. That's just too much. And here we go letting Pollard kill us too, man. It just wasn't a good look for the Bears. No. I would say coaching-wise, hey, Dub, I mean – what this Bears team has shown me all season is they're a second-half football team. And I will have to say that the fact that the Bears were down 28-7 to in the first half and minus – I mean, and managed to cut the deficit to five points early in the third quarter, I thought yeah. that was pretty impressive. You know what I mean? But one of the things that you have said often about this team is these slow starts. Getting punched in the mouth early and not responding to that is really killing this team. And that's we saw the same thing with the Vikings, right, bro? How the yep. Vikings came at us, bro. Oh, they, yeah. I was gonna say this is like deja vu, like that Vikings game. Yeah, man. And we saw the same thing, you know, against the Cowboys. I'm like, come on, man. We can't be taking this kind of abuse early, man. <laughs> we gotta fight back, bro. We gotta fight back. And I think we need to fight back earlier and sooner, you know, that you and I have been talking about, man. And the season having these slow starts ain't gonna help because you gotta make up so much ground, man. No, let's start the right way. And therefore, we stay in these games. You never know. We may just take off friends and be up 10 or so. But we got to be able to do that. And I think Allen Williams got us his defense there. And hopefully, Luke Getson's offense can definitely get there too, man. So if we can play a complete game like we saw against the New England Patriots, friends, where we did everything right, we need to duplicate that kind of effort on both sides of the football. Yeah, I will say, though, now offensively, I did give Getsy some, some props with the way that he was able to make that offensive line look serviceable out there. The running game continued to look dominant, right? Right. But I thought that he got a little cute at times. What the hell was up with that damn play call? <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> that wide receiver fucking throwing up to the pit like, what are we doing? That play was doing from the start. I swear. <laughs> bro, I was scratching my head like, oh, so what the hell are we trying to do, bro? I have no idea what we're trying to do. I understand that side of the field was wide open. Had he converted, but like we never made that play or ever practiced that play at all the way it was um, a bad way to run that type of play, man, because it looked ugly when it comes to execution. Poorly executed, bro. But I will say they did a good job of trying to get Darnell Mooney involved. 
That's something that we've been asking for. We still got to get him credit, though, for getting that game within five points there in that third quarter. Because there was a part of me that was sitting there. I had a little smug look on my face at the Cowboys fans. They was real quiet there for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet they were, friends. All I started to hear for a while was some Bear Nation going off, man. I said, that's what I'm talking about right now. Get those Cowboys a little scared. Yes, sir. You heard them Let's Go Bears chants. <laughs> Who's getting your game ball on offense, Brett? My game ball? It's going to go to Justin Fields. And the reason why I'm giving the Justin Fields press is the consistency from back-to-back games, you know, to see this guy perform in the passing game and also to see him perform, you know, even running the football again, press. And what we always talk about when it comes to Justin Fields is consistency. So for me, to see him go out there and perform under these circumstances, you know, and we really saw that he won the major problem in that game. It was the others. And to do what he had to do with a tough line press that you already brought up, that just shows a lot of character when it comes to Justin Fields and leadership as well, man. He had, We actually rolled him. We rolled him. The reason we got those points to swing now, because of Justin Fields. He really was putting the Bears in some good spots, man. And the way he's playing that football, it was it was dope. Even when he was getting pressure on the press, the way he was able to escape, I was like, damn, you do that to Michael Parsons? Okay. <laughs> hey, look, man, it was a joy to watch. So Justin Fields, man, even being a believer, bro, which I always have been, but, man, you're starting to see now this kid starting to put it all together. A-Dub, I mean, that's a great game bar recipient, man, because, again, to the point that we were making earlier in the show, Justin Fields is the reason why I walked out of that stadium, A-Dub, not totally disappointed. You know what I'm saying? I was upset that we got beat by 20. Right. And I thought about, like, man, look, we got a quarterback, man. We got the best quarterback from that 2021 draft. I feel good about that, man. I feel really good, Perez. And the point that you made, I agree with 100%. He continues to stack positive performances together. That's been the main bright spot for us. And like I said, this Dallas Cowboys defense, this is a good defensive unit. I think they're like a top five defense, bro. (laughs) I'm with you there, Perez. That's the key right there. You're doing this against some very good defenses, man. There's not only old team out there we're talking about. That defense with Michael Parsons and co. is deep, man. And they dope, no doubt. But the the way he played against those guys says a lot. No, it definitely says a lot. I'm giving my game ball to Khalil Herbert, my boy K Herbo. Okay. All that kid does is run that football hard, bro. He runs that football hard. <laughs> and honestly, man, I'm, I'm, I know a dub all this. You guys are all gonna be like, Prince, come on. But I have to tell y'all, Khalil Herbert has emerged as the top running back in my eye. I think he's RB one now. I mean, another impressive game going up against that Dallas Cowboys defense. Khalil Herbert was running that rock hard, dude. Running it hard it was explosive. Was. That 36 yard run that he had. Oh, I, was, I was talking so much shit. I was talking so much shit. And I told you I had that Herbert jersey on. I was oh, yeah. There. I was, I was all, you should have heard me. I'm like, choo-choo, motherfucker. Choo-choo. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, friend. So you know I had to go out there and represent for my boy, Tufo. My boy, yes, Tufo. <laughs> so, so, no, man, he gets my game ball, man. Like I said, I can't say enough about this kid. I mean, he's just an exciting young player, man. We're lucky that we have this kid. You know what I mean? And this is no disrespect to Dave Montgomery. You know I got the utmost respect for him, A.W. You know this. Final year of his contract. I'm just saying, man, I think Khalil Herbert has made him expendable. We know who Ryan Poles is. We know how Ryan Poles works and how he <laughs> how he rolls, A.W. And honestly, I think that Khalil Herbert has earned more reps. And I think that he should get the majority of the reps going forward. I know that's going to be an unpopular statement that I made here. But again... These are my thoughts, and this is our show, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. So there we go. <laughs> say it again, bro. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
show, man. But I am with you. I love that recipient there, man. Give it to Khalil Herbert. You know I love that guy, Press. I love the way he runs, man. And everything you said, I echo, bro. I like what I see from Khalil Herbert, man. And I believe this is going to continue, Press. And it's starting to turn. He's starting to turn that corner now as to being a number one back, bro. bro. So, look, it ain't going to shock me at all if the Bears decide to move on from your boy Dave Montgomery and just let Khalil Herbert be Khalil Herbert and do his damn thing. True that. All right, man, defense. What you got for me? Defense? I got to go with your boy Eddie Jackson, man. <laughs> you know, I know you probably tired to hear me talk about Eddie Jackson, but no, damn, right. man. No, right. I, I am just happy for him, Perez, overall, man. The guy makes some good tackles. You know, I love the interception he got. But, man, he just finds himself in the right positions at the right time, Perez. And I'll tell you, man, this version of Eddie Jackson is what everybody, the whole entire Bear Nation, wanted to see. And I'll tell you, man, this guy is definitely working his way to being a Pro Bowl again this season. And you know what, man? I'm proud of the guy. He went out there and did his thing. You know, he held it down. He done the best he could against a tough Dallas scene that was coming, though. But I'll tell you one thing. Eddie Jackson did not lay down and watch anything. He went in there and went out to the eat. No, and listen, they, I mean, you, you're right there. He was also my game ball recipient. 11 tackles, man. That pick was great. He baited Dak Prescott into that. I don't know what Dak Prescott was thinking. He was, <laughs> he was Dakota on that throw. I, y'all know I call him Dakota when he started making badass plays. He was Dakota on that one. <laughs> I, I like that. I wish we would have seen a little bit more of Dakota, but, you know, it didn't work out that way. But, Ada, the point that you made about Eddie Jackson, I want you to keep talking about him. I hope that he keeps giving you reasons to keep bringing his name up because he was the best defensive player, not only on the field yesterday, but he's been the best defensive player all season, if you ask me, oh. with Jaquan Brisker being a close second. Yeah, man. I, I mean, these two safeties, baby. They out there working, Perez. I don't like out there, man, making everybody a believer, man, again. And um, this is what you like to see. And you're right, Perez. He's been doing it all season, bro. So if he keeps it up, man, you just never know where things may go for him as far as, you know, recognition, accolades, and all that stuff. But I just want the guy to continue doing his thing. I'm glad you're not talking about distractions away from him, Perez. He's able to just go out there and just play football, man. And we all enjoyed watching him play this well. Yes, sir. All right, man. Who's your underperformer for week eight, man? My underperforming, I hate to go to him, but I had to go to Vildor, man. <laughs> because I know he got picked on, Perez. I get it. I understand it. He tried to hold his own, but just wasn't enough, man. I think he gave him a little bit too much ground there, man, to where the fact that they just really came hunting for him, man, no matter who he was actually defending. So I got to give it to him. I wish he'd been better in the passing game, but I know he's going to be better next game. Yeah, I, I feel like he's seen better days. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, man. You're right. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, I ain't got nothing to say on that one because, yeah, man, he definitely got picked on. He got picked on. Like, remember <laughs> – I can't <laughs> show my age. Remember different strokes? Remember the gooch? <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, friends. You got me on that one, man. Time. I mean, uh, Vildor was out there like a young Arnold Drummond in this bitch, bro. He was getting picked on like a motherfucker, boy. C.D. Lamb was the gooch, baby. He was the gooch. <laughs> C.D. the gooch, man. No doubt he was, man. Hey, Vildor, you got to bounce back now. You old press that one, man. <laughs> man, I think he will, but man, that's a good one there, press. Very good one. All right, man. So, man, there's so many things that I could <laughs> give for an underperformer. I mean, Damn. <laughs> we can talk about the pass protection. We can talk yep. about the run defense, man. We can talk about the pass defense. But, audience, I'm going to go a different way. 
My other performer for week eight was them goddamn orange uniforms. <laughs> Talk to me. Bruh, there's only been two games since we have worn them bitches, but I'm talking about we need to retire them. We need to retire them because not only are they ugly as fuck to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> but every time we have a bad performance, it's because we're in them damn orange uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got me thinking now, Prez. Ah, you right. Them, them orange uniforms just don't work for this team, man. I know people like y'all superstitions, but you know what, man? The, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> look at these two games. We don't look the same at all. No, nah, get them damn uniforms up out of here. Get them up out of here. So now <laughs> that's that's my other performer for week eight. We're going to turn the page a little bit, audience, because the Bears have finally ended that little road game stretch that we all were talking about, and we were all saying, like, we don't know how this thing is going to go, and we surprised some people with that Patriots performance. True. The Cowboys game didn't really go our way. But now we got back-to-back home games. Me and your boy A.W. back in the Soldier Field. First, we got Miami coming up, and we got the Lions after that. And the Lions, boy, that season, it got away from them, boy. They are playing like hot garbage. (laughs) Yeah, man. Things kind of got away from those uh, Lions, man. Listen, A.W., they might return back to being our Robitussin again uh, (laughs) because, man, Detroit don't look good at all. But I want to focus on the Dolphins first. I mean, that offense, as you mentioned earlier in the show, high-octane offense. We got a lot for you guys, audience, on our preview pod when it comes to this Miami Dolphins team. I've done a lot of film work on this team because I've been really fascinated with their offense and the different schemes of principles that they run. So I'm going to have a lot for you guys on the next episode when it comes to some of that stuff because, like I said, with that offense and with our past defense having a little some issues, it could be a shootout in that ball game. And, and I'll say this, A-Dub, we're going to need to see a little bit more out of our offense, man, to have a chance to yeah. hang in there with the Dolphins. You are spot on, Prez. And I'm looking forward to some of your film breakdown, bro, without a doubt. I got y'all. Audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform. Without you, we wouldn't be a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We don't take your listens lightly. But until next time, we out this bitch. Peace.